0: everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast
1: for and about the town we love. And now we're talking to Hello and welcome. Today is September 11th, 2022. A difficult day for many reasons, uh, but this topic is no less difficult. Uh, It is the end of National Suicide Prevention Week. And in light of the tragedies this community has suffered over the last six-ish months, Liz and I have wanted to approach the topic of mental health, especially among our teens, uh, for a while now.
0: Yeah, Taylor, thank you. I'm going to actually jump in immediately here and give you guys a warning and disclaimer about this episode. It contains explicit content not appropriate for all audiences. Topics like suicide and self-injury are talked about during this podcast. If that is upsetting to you, we would like you guys to please tune out and come in and join us for our next episode in this, theory, in this series where we um, come back to talking with the therapists themselves. Also, if you're a parent listening to this episode or if you're a child or if you have a child listening to this episode and you're under distress or have concerns about the content, please call 211 or 988 right now. It's a 24-hour hotline. And lastly, it's appropriate probably to say like my own personal note that this is not a therapy session. Um, Taylor and I do not pretend to be licensed therapists whatsoever. We're just two people who care about this community and want to open up a dialogue around something that's touched our lives and many of you guys' lives. So this is our attempt at going at that.
1: Yeah, we're so lucky to have three students who wanted to tell their stories, uh, to share that with the community, to help other kids, other parents who are desperate to understand their kids. I am so grateful to them uh, and to everyone who's participating in this multi-part episode. We are starting with the students tonight. Uh, we will have mental health experts joining us next time, and then some clergy members. And we're trying to come at this from many angles um, to offer help and support to the community in. You know, hopefully, a help an assistive way. Yeah.
0: Uh, one thing to note: the um, kids were all willing to say their names and be on air. They they really stood beside, behind their stories and who they are. Uh, but for their own sake, for protection, and I decided to keep their names anonymous. Um, mm-hmm. Keep it out of it, just so you could focus more on their stories and less of who they were.
1: Yep. Um, so they're very brave, and yeah, uh, I look forward kids. to having you all hear their stories. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we feel so lucky that you agreed to do this. It's not an easy
2: interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
1: Uh, for excited, our... nervous. We're not very intimidating, right?
2: No. Okay. okay, not okay. Very nice people. Yeah, yeah, that's great.
1: <laughs> for our or for our listeners' sake, um, you're a 17 year old boy yeah. at Darien High School, mm-hmm. senior year, um, and you have quite a story to tell.
2: Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a part of the Norton Heights Fire Department and uh, varsity captain for soccer, and um, I'm just here to talk about the pressures of all of that and um, all the stuff that's been going on and how people can cope with it.
0: I, I love that. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say to start, where to start, like what the activities you're involved in. So like, tell us like, how you know, how are you, are you very academically focused? What are your outside extracurriculars? Like, what does your life look like? Paint that picture for
2: us. So I'm very academically focused and very focused on the soccer, at least in season. Um, outside the season, soccer kind of takes its part um away and then I'm more focused on the Norton Heights fire department. Um just going to all the calls, going to every drill, um and definitely staying academically active and trying to just be the best student I possibly can.
0: And are you a um are you kind of a median type kid in this sense to all kids? Like is academic focus a big thing at high school here in Darien is like having extra outside curriculars, like like you have two big ones. Is that, a, is that normal for most kids as far as you've perceived?
2: As far as I've perceived, yes. It's a lot of people do the post, the EMT service in town. Um, and then there's two other departments that I know a handful of kids um, are a part of. And then other extracurricular activities that kids are a part of, as well as others. So I think everyone's schedule is pretty packed, along with school, and I think it's pretty normal.
1: Yeah. First, I, mean, I want to thank you for doing that for us. I mean, the volunteer fire thing mm-hmm. is, is a big deal. I mean, yeah. thank you for responding to you know, tragedies that have been occurring in our community, unfortunately with too much regularity. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. But do you feel the need to do that to get into college? Like, What is it like to try to apply to college from
2: Darien High School? so there's this stigma that everyone needs to be perfect that you need to go to college that you need to get a good job have a successful life and i didn't necessarily join the fire department for college purposes i joined for the interest um in doing that and becoming a firefighter and i think that what i do is important for the fire department and I'm just very interested in doing that instead of focusing on the college part of how that would help me.
0: So where's that pressure? You said that there's a stigma, and is that maybe that the word you used? Mm-hmm. A stigma that um, that you all feel. Where's that coming from?
2: Parents mostly. Parents.
0: Your parents, your friends' parents. Not
2: necessarily my parents. I feel like they have a good understanding now that I'm not perfect. That I'm not going to get a hundred on every test, on every quiz, on every assignment. So, but I I've, I've heard that. From friends that um, have parents that expect them to get uh, an A, expect them to get into an Ivy League college, um, be successful, make millions of dollars doing what they don't want to do. And I believe that wears kids down a lot and causes a lot of internal pressure. And you hear kids say that,
1: that they believe that's what their parents want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, in my My parents, personally, um, they kind of had that intention of trying to get me into a good college, get me good grades every single day, and it put a lot of pressure on me. And when I told them about it, very understanding, they took a different route of me trying to get the best grades I can because I want to get good grades. I don't want to get good grades for them, but mainly just for me and my pride in trying to go into college and do what I want to do. So
1: what was that pivot? How did that turn?
2: So... It took some time um I would didn't show many signs of being unhappy um because of those pressures that they were putting on me um I would usually go into my room for the entire afternoon say I was doing my work and whatnot and just end up sitting there in my own thoughts kind of um and then I finally opened up to my parents and they sent me to a therapist and um wait, i wait
0: i'm wait, to back you up there and mm-hmm. give you more context before you guys going in th- so you would come home from school mm-hmm. at three
2: Two, yeah 233
0: okay and these are the days you didn't have to go to the firehouse or, so
2: yeah i wasn't in the firehouse at the time okay um because you had to be 16 this was freshman into sophomore year ish
0: okay okay so you're coming home and <clears throat> you're sitting in your room by yourself and your parents think you're doing what
2: homework studying um after being told to go study, after being told to do nothing all afternoon and just focus on schoolwork rather than do what I want to do.
0: Which would have been what?
2: Hanging out with my friends, playing soccer. Soccer's usually kind of been my uh, home away from home, kind of trying to um, like get away from everything and release every single pressure that's inside of me and just make me happy.
0: Okay. Okay, so, so you're sitting in your room, you're in your own thoughts, and mm-hmm. where, where do those take you as a freshman boy here?
2: Into a depressive state. Um, I I was caught in a few times where uh, it got pretty bad. Um, and then I ended up um, going to see this therapist that I was telling you about. Um, he helped to an extent. He doesn't actually really know me. He never really got the chance to know me. So I didn't like that route of uh, going to, to therapy, going to talk to a random stranger Um, so I ended up talking to my parents friends Um people that were in the same situation as me
1: your parents and friends or your parents friends my parents and my friends Okay And so when you approached it with them, how did that go? Uh,
2: I sat them down, um In the kitchen and just had a sit-down conversation, um Telling them how I felt after school every day what goes on in my room What I was doing to myself I, um, Were you hurting yourself? Yeah, there has been times where I was. Um, I would cut my wrist, um, and it got even worse to an extent where uh, that was kind of the pivot point of me realizing, like, wow, I need help. I need to talk to people, like now.
1: Wow. So you realized you needed it and you reached
2: out. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah.
0: That's pretty courageous. Oh, hugely. I mean,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a second. Sorry to absorb that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the key difference. Like, we're so grateful that you were able to see that and reach out mm-hmm. and get the support you needed. I mean, I imagine that there are others, right? We've we've had that story end not so well in Darien recently. So how do you identify kids that need that? And what is the difference? Like, how do some people feel comfortable reaching out and others not? Like, have you been able to talk to other kids that are in this situation?
2: Yeah, I've talked to um, a handful of kids Friends, kids, I don't really talk to. um, They feel kind of that sense of like familiarity with me since I've been through it. So they wanted to seek help, so they came to me. um, Wow, thank you. Yeah, they wanted to become happy again in a sense, and I told them. Even recently, more recently, I've pointed them towards faith. Because of Pastor Gary, he's really helped me see um, through the world of, like, Christ. So he really pointed me towards um, living for God, and it really changed my life. It made me happier than ever. So I've been kind of appointing people to come to Crosslit on Monday mornings.
1: This is Neurotan Presbyterian? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, so Crosslit Monday mornings. What Uh, is Crosslit? So it's a group of kids. Anyone is welcome you go to a uh, Methodist church right on uh, high school Avenue or oh, yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah. Lane great. And you talk about the Bible and get free bacon, egg and cheeses. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great for an athlete. There you go. Exactly.
2: Free. Exactly. But, um, I invite anyone I possibly can. I think it's truly life changing what he does and I think anyone really could use his help.
1: That is fantastic
0: what uh what may you know actually let me go back like before we talk about your story i want to talk about the relationship with your parents mm-hmm. what was your relationship with your parents like you know through uh, middle school and then high school and I'm kind of curious if it changed or it stayed steady or if you got more reclusive
2: it was very rocky um wasn't close with them would definitely seclude myself um all through kind of middle school into the early years of high school and would definitely try and keep things to my own um didn't have really anyone to talk to so i ended up talking to them and then we became a lot closer and even to this day we're closer than ever like they're like my best friends are the people i can go and talk to now which That's is
0: fantastic well what how, why was it really strange? because i feel like a lot of this is what a lot of parents are worried about they, they want a relationship with their kids but they don't mm-hmm. want to pry too much right you want to give them their privacy but at the same time like I feel like us parents feel like we're, are we missing signals? Are we asking the right question? Are we asking the wrong question? Are we not asking enough questions? Mm -hmm. Can you help us? What (laughs) what are we doing wrong? What are we doing
2: right? So for me, it was really just the factor that they, I was known that they were there for me. Um, They let me know that they were there for me if I ever needed to talk. Um, And when I was visibly upset, I would go upstairs visibly upset at times. They would not leave my side. And I think they did that for the safety of me since knowing my past of hurting myself they didn't leave my side and i believe that them sticking by my side even when i hated it was the best thing for me i think that it avoided everything and i think that it was
1: well thank god they knew right i mean how many kids two questions like how many kids do you think have parents who don't know that this is going on. Wow. And then what do you tell them as their first step? I mean, is it to come to Crosslet or is it something else?
2: So if the parents don't know, um, and they're kind of battling it on their own, I think you got to find someone that you can trust, whether it's a friend, a friends, parent, your parents an aunt and uncle, whatever it is and talk to them, just vent to them, act like no one's there and you're just kind of venting to yourself that's what, like, I would sit in my room talking to myself, asking why um, why am I here? Why should I be here? And when I did that to my parents, they were very shocked, obviously, but very grateful that I went to them.
0: Absolutely. Did, did they feel like they had been missing stuff like, the whole time? And
2: Yeah, so it didn't just take a toll on me. It took a toll on my entire family. I would um, come down screaming. I would be like since my parents were sticking by my side and I wanted to be left alone, I'd kind of run away from them and like run downstairs. And there was times where like I would go to like my drug cabinet and try and grab as many as I possibly could. So that was um, a huge wake up call. I did it right in front of my sister, which was horrible. Um, My older sister, she was super crushed. Now I can talk to her like easily within seconds. She's also a great person to talk to for me. And once you start venting to one person, you start to see the care that other, others give, that other people will listen. And I think me opening up to my mom and my dad really opened up a whole new realm of people who cared, like my sister, my brother, all my like distant relatives Like texted me as soon as possible and just let, let me know that they were there for me, which was awesome.
1: Yeah. So what do you think it is that prevents kids from opening up that first time? What did they, what are they thinking and what can you tell them?
2: They don't really want to let their parents know because of, or someone know because they're scared to let them down. Um,
1: To let them down.
2: Yeah. To let them down. That's what what it was for me. And then they are almost at peace with their decision, whether it's to take that extreme step or to stay upset I mean for me I was upset and I was like it became a routine for me to just go upstairs and not speak to anyone you can ask my friends like I was extremely distant um, from them for a long long time mainly just because I wouldn't go out I would sit inside and, and there were times when my parents had to come into my room midday while I was at school and take stuff out of my room like sharp objects anything that could possibly tie to me hurting myself or possibly taking that extra that extreme measure in that next step so so now you
1: were at that point after you'd admitted to your parents that this was happening
2: yeah and i still it takes time it's not an instant oh yeah yeah, it's definitely not an instant just like oh okay i'm good now my parents know so it kept going um and they kept showing up which was awesome
1: what I was going to ask is you said that it was your kind of your inability to be with your friends and be in your, you know, your happy place with the soccer ball and your friends that kind of got you there when it was, I'm sure, offered like, hey, do you want to go hang with your friends? Mm-hmm. Sounds like then you didn't want to do it. So how did how did you get to that point?
2: So I was at the point of contemplating that just it started off with school wise. The whole stress with school. Um, the grades. This was the first year of COVID, obviously. So, oh sure, it was a ton. I mean, i I was already locked in my house. Right. It was already locked in my room. I spent twelve hours a day in my room, didn't step foot outside, and not being able to see my friends, not talking to my friends, being in a dark room for the twelve hours out of a day, going downstairs, to grab food, and then run back up, was horrible. So, I think tying back would just be like tying back to friends, not being able to talk to parents, obviously in that time it was much harder. I feel like it's a little easier now since you have uh, more people you can talk to because of obviously not COVID restrictions, but um, like you can go reach out to friends, you can go to friends' houses as soon as you want now. That's what I think the big struggle is for me is just that I felt really alone.
1: Yeah, I have so many questions I gotta prioritize and keep this efficient. but um, one, like as a parent, of, you know, a teenager now. um, Dinah, what kind of signs are there that we should all be looking for?
2: Um, Seclusion. Definitely secluding yourself. Um, Definitely being quiet and then not acting like yourself at all. Um, Aren't
0: boys in general, like, you guys are more reserved. You guys don't talk as much. So, like, moms of boys might be handling it differently than moms of girls. I don't know. Like, what do you you think of that?
2: Uh, I think moms of boys um it's much i think it's more difficult cuz obviously i mean from what i've heard that girls are more open up about things um for guys they like to keep their kind of emotions balled up and that's kind of that's what the expectation wa- like is, is so that was part of the problem too that you yeah. felt like
0: you need to be tough and kind of deal with exactly.
2: it exactly the 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 familiarity is for guys it, you should be able to ball it all up you should be able to push it all away and just be okay and be tough as you could say um which i think is horrible i think being this you could be the strongest man in the world just for coming out and saying your feelings i mean right that's how i feel and then i feel if you ball it all up it's one of the weakest things you could possibly do just because seeking help is definitely the strongest point of option
1: Yeah. Being able to talk about emotion. I mean, I appreciate that so much. I think it is critically important. Mm -hmm. And looking back as we try to help parents listening, um, what is it that you wish, you know, maybe your parents had said to you or what could could they have intervened sooner? Is there anything that we can do proactively or that would be helpful.
0: Yeah, and actually, I want to hop on that too because I remember when we first talked, at intertalk, you had said your parents had offered therapists, they had offered solutions, mm-hmm. and nothing worked. You, you don't, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I thought you had told me nothing worked until your parents really sat down and talked to you, and they had been trying, but they had yeah. tried everything. So I'm, I'm curious, kind of how. I'm back. I'm piggybacking on Taylor's question.
1: I'm guilty as a parent of like assuming my child doesn't want to talk to me and would yeah. rather talk to a third party. But you think that's not true?
2: I I strongly don't think so. I mean, it's different for everyone. Obviously, I for me, it didn't work. The therapists did not work. I thought talking to a stranger was the weirdest thing. Um, Going to talk to some random guy, telling him my story that he hears all the time, isn't. But
0: hmm. but didn't it open up that, that get get that that process working of where you're starting to at least talk?
2: Yeah, so it definitely started the process. It showed that my parents started to care a little bit. Okay, which was helpful, but. I didn't really want to talk to the therapist. I want to talk to my family, who understood, who saw me going through what I was going through, and it also showed me that it kind of put a thought in my head that they don't really care. They don't want to hear my story. They want to oh push it off. On they want to else. push it off to someone else. Okay. So that was definitely a heartbreaker for me. I was like, Gosh. oh wow, this this sucks because. People think that. So
0: at 17 years old, I have a problem doing this as an adult at 41 years old saying like putting, putting aside my pride Mm. and like my insecurities and coming out to someone and saying like, Hey, like I feel like what you just said hurt me or made me feel like you don't, you don't like me to whatever the situation is. Like, so your parents, I feel like you guys don't want to be with me or don't, um, or trying to push me off. Like it takes a lot of courage. Like being here, my God, we'll, we'll go into that. Like, Like, how does a 17-year-old, when you're already struggling enough, how do you have the ability to to check those emotions and say to your parents, like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by you. Mm -hmm. I feel this feeling.
2: So I didn't really say to my parents that this, that I don't want to talk to this person or that I was hurt by you sending me to some random guy. I just said that I hated talking to him. I said to him that it was useless, that it was pointless i was getting nothing out of it you're wasting your money okay and my mom still pushed me to go every single week and that showed me that maybe she wants to help me maybe she doesn't want to help me and she's just pushing it off to someone else and then there was another one of those nights where i was just surrounded by my thoughts where she came in to say good night and i was um had a pocket knife in my hand and it was and she found it was a real eye-opener that it was so extreme so she decided to stay with me that entire night and just help me out and calm me down so
0: you're catching me off guard it's so sad so as a mom i can't can't imagine imagine. i'm sorry i mean i can only met your mom sounds like a wonderful woman
2: she's awesome she's the best
0: stay with you all night how lovely (laughs) what a great turning point right there
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that this has a happy ending and that you can share this mm-hmm. with other people. Thank you for sharing it with so many other kids and with uh, with us on this podcast. I hope that...
0: Yeah, can we ask, just talk about like what made you go public with your story? Because I know there's a lot of avenues you could take with it, but you've really been vocal. And I think it's really helped a lot of kids from what mm-hmm. I've heard. Like, wh- wh- why? Why go public? Why, why have a voice to this?
2: Because going through what I went through, I believe was absolute sorry for my language, but absolute hell. I thought that it was like the worst possible thing. It could take people's lives. It can take months for people to be fixed. They can go into rehab centers for months on end. So talking to me and just trying to get them distracted from kind of the issue and get them to that happy place at the moment and sharing what I went through and how I uh, recovered and how I'm like the best version of myself now. I think is the most important thing to help others. I think people don't deserve to be unhappy in the slightest at all. I mean, you're living, you're above ground, you're a human soul. And I believe that that is the most important thing, um, on earth right now. Um, and honestly now through pastor Gary, I believe if you speak to God every day, if you go to this prayer group, go to Crosslit. um, I think you'll just become so much happier. You really see the true point in life, and you really see what life is worth living for.
1: That's so beautiful. I'm so glad that you have that. And
0: yeah, go absolutely. And going back to the pressures, though, are mm. they still there? Yeah. I mean, now do you, do you just have now more tools and more support system to deal with them, or did the pressures? Did you just say, screw it? Like I don't care about colleges. I don't care because you don't seem that way. You seem pretty focused.
2: Though. Yeah. So I'm still very. Uh, I kind of opened up to college this year. I mean, years prior, I was like, I'm not going. Screw this. Which obviously sucked for my grades because now I'm trying to recover my (laughs) grades as much as possible. But um, the whole soccer, um, like I worked really hard over the summer just playing soccer every day, trying to play soccer in college. And I feel like that's what's kind of led me that want to go to college and to get I mean, I'm enjoying classes now. Um, just kind of looking at it from a new view is just going there and being ready to learn, just going to enjoy. And then right after school I have soccer. So I mean, those two things are the most important things to me right now. Um But
0: but you said your parents didn't want you playing soccer, that like it was like you're blowing off your homework. So did you Yeah.
2: So I've I've talked to them. And they now know that I'm making both time for school and for soccer. And those are the only two things I'm really focused on. So as long as I get those two done, I mean I think we're both happy. And if we're not both happy, then we'll have a sit-down conversation saying, hey, we need to limit maybe soccer down a little bit, focus on school. Because they obviously still want a great future for me. Um, Whether they want me to go to this college or I want to go to this college, they're going to choose what I want. They're going to accept that I want – to, they want me to be happy going down. I mean, my, my mom was psyched that I said I wanted to go to Roger Williams um or somewhere along that area. She wants she just wants to visit somewhere beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She's kinda sick of the farmland at Colgate. So <laughs> That's
1: where your sister goes.
2: Yeah, it's where She's my like, sister goes. Cool.
1: <laughs> well, your parents are phenomenal. And um before we wrap it up, I just wanna say I you know, we didn't even touch on substance abuse. It sounds like it wasn't a part of your story. How prevalent is it at Darien High School?
2: There was times substance abuse was in my life. For you. Okay. It was alcohol. Yeah. Um, It was... Since it was such an easy way to cope and such an easy way of access, that was was a realization that I just needed to really, really get help because not only was it affecting my life, but my parents were getting so angry with me just because... They're like, oh, this is horrible. They don't even. They didn't see the whole backside, the backstory of it, of why I was using alcohol or whatnot. So,
1: so at what point did that happen? Like, was that early?
2: It was probably right around the same time as me trying to hurt myself at the same. At like freshman sophomore year. Freshman sophomore year, yeah. Um, I've cut it out of my life. I mean, obviously, there's still. Parties. I mean, we're in Darien. It's happening everywhere. Um, so I'm still going to these hangouts, these parties, these groups. Um, but I'm not taking I'm not taking part in it as much. Okay. Um, definitely, just trying to be social, be happy in the moment.
1: Do you see a lot of other teenagers using alcohol or other substances to numb pain of any kind?
2: So it's more hidden than you think. It's not gonna be as much in the open unless people are posting pictures with it constantly. I understand that there's these parties that go on and that's a normal occurrence. I don't think people use it to numb the pain. I think they do it to have fun. Um, so it's more behind the scenes, people in their rooms, at least for me it was in my room where I was just sitting alone and like even like it's usually late at night.
1: I mean, are there a lot of kids doing it, you think? And is it alcohol typically or is it other other things?
2: I think it's a mix. And I think there's a handful.
1: Well, you made a good
0: distinction though, that like there's kids that are doing it for fun, doing what kids do. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's kids are always going to test things and push the limits, but when you're taking it into your room late at night, solo, and I've heard this story from some other, um, teenage men, like, like that's like a sign when it's getting to the abuse and you're using it to mask what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Did I interrupt you Taylor?
1: No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just curious, you know, what, um, you know, what he's hearing and, seeing from others and yeah, you're right. I mean, there is a, di- a distinction between them wanting to be social and have fun and then, you know, using a substance to
2: yeah, a, try to
1: feel better mm-hmm. or avoid something.
2: I, it's it's hard to spot. I don't believe I've spotted it in, in many kids. The kids that have seeked help in me are usually just visibly upset. Uh, not very social like they usually are. Um, so, and it's not always them calling to me. I'm, They're visibly upset I'm reaching out to them. And then they kind of just open up and then I kind of explain the process of how I got help of what I went through with alcohol and, um, and cutting myself and whatnot. So that kind of gives them a sense of like relief that they found someone that they can talk to that has been through the same thing. And I believe that that helps kids calm down and helps people kind of realize that it's, you're not alone, that it's okay to not be okay.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you're an inspiration. I'm so grateful that you came and joined us. I'm so grateful to Pastor Gary for helping you and to Mm -hmm. your parents, who I adore, (laughs) um, for being awesome with the, the whole situation and handling it so beautifully. Like you guys are you are a a shining light for the community. And I hope lots of people listen to this and learn something and reach out and get the help they need if they, if they need it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was, it was awesome. I loved it.
1: Great. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Good luck with the college apps.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Hi,
0: I'm Liz Geiger here along with my, co-host taylor carter of now we're talking darian thanks guys for listening that was just our first interview of three with um, a series of adolescents teenagers here at darian high school that came and talked to us about their mental health
1: yeah and wow he was fantastic i'm so grateful to him for coming in and sharing all of that um now we have a young lady who is a senior at dhs and i look forward to hearing from her yep
0: bringing it to you right now here we go
1: Thank you so much. This is our second interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners, uh, we have a 17-year-old, right, senior Mm -hmm. at DHS with us. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do.
3: So I'm captain of two um, teams at the high school. I love to play sports and um, spend time with my family, especially my sister
1: Oh, my God. Two sports, Captain. (laughs) That is very impressive. Um, (laughs) That is. It probably comes with a lot of obviously a lot of hard work um, and leadership skills, but pressure, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely been kind of tricky this year to balance that along with all my schoolwork so far. But trying to get the hang of that now.
0: Mm Yeah. Do you play sports because you like sports are you good at them or why? Because, I mean, this is the Darien stereotype, right? (laughs) They think every kid here play sports and get straight A's. But I don't think that's the case at all, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely depends on the person. I kind of like grew up with sports, so I kind of grew to love them as I grew up. But a lot for a lot of people, like the, just the pressure itself makes it kind of more of a chore than like a fun sport to play.
1: How many of your teammates do you think really love it? And how many of them are doing it to get into college or make a parent happy or for some other reason?
3: Honestly, I'd probably say maybe even less than half, like truly like love it. Wow. Why is that? I just think that it's kind of, there's so much pressure, like, playing for a team and, like, having to perform. And I think that a lot of it is just, like, for the people on the team, the reason they're playing is to be a part of the team and have, like, that kind of sense of community rather than, like, actually playing to play the sport itself that they love.
0: Mm.
1: Well, at least they're getting some enjoyment out of the team aspect, hopefully. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, How much... Are you able to balance the academic pressure that you may or may not be feeling with your sports?
3: It's been really tough, but kind of what I try and do is like plan out my week like at the beginning of the week so I know when I have my games, when I need to get my work done before then. And like since we have a block schedule, I have 2 days to do my homework, so I try and like plan out what I'm doing which day so that if I like have a game one day and I'm not really happy after, like if I play bad, then I don't have to worry about doing a bunch of work after that, too.
0: Excellent time
1: management skills, right there.
0: And how much homework do, does a, a high school senior have at this point?
3: It depends on the classes, but I would say I probably do at least two hours every
0: night. Wow, two hours of homework. Okay, okay. So you juggle that. What do you have? Any extra curriculars beyond that, or is is it's full time between having being on a varsity team? It's pretty
3: much full time being on the varsity team. I'm kind of um, doing. I'm helping out with um, a few clubs and doing Blue Wave Anchors, which kind of is, like, introducing the freshman to the school. But other than that, I don't really have much time for
1: other extracurriculars. Oh, that's nice. Understandable. Um, how – what do you feel about the college process? Like, it's probably pretty tied to your athletics, but how much pressure do you feel and how much pressure do you think other kids are feeling about that?
3: The whole college process is so stressful and it's so tough, especially for me. I already, like, know where I'm going, but I'm still having so much struggle, like, with my application and making sure everything's perfect on top of school and on top of sports. But for the people who have – Multiple applications to complete. It's like ten times as worse, and I can't even imagine that for them.
0: You just used a word right there. Can I jump into? Yeah, you terrorize. What we do? We have a little struggle keep here. But we'll, keep going. Yeah. Okay, do you want to keep going? No, no, no. You go used ahead. the word "perfect." There yeah. is that your word. Why'd you say that? Uh, I think I said
3: that because I hold <laughs> I hold myself to really high standards, and like I make myself make sure everything's perfect, or else I can't turn it in or submit or anything. I just need myself to like get to that point before I can finish anything that's so. you not your parents no that's me why what's
0: per- what, what is perfect what, what, what does that mean like what result are you going to get from perfect
3: and honestly just like to be satisfied and happy with myself and I think that it comes from me but also I want to like make my parents happy and I know that they're happy with me no matter what but like I still feel as though like sometimes I just I just need to like get that extra leg up to be perfect
1: <laughs> and do you think that they do they really expect you to be perfect or do you think that you hold yourself to a higher standard
3: I don't think they expect me to be perfect at all. I think I hold myself to a much higher standard than I need to, and I'm kind of trying to work on that. But it's just, like, kind of tough to go anywhere less than that because that's kind of, like, the expectation here.
1: So you think it's an external thing, a pressure you feel from outside, or is it – I mean, I I totally relate to this, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I wonder when you define perfect, too, like, if you – know that you worked as hard as you could and you, you trained really hard, you played a great game, you came home, you did all your work for weeks and you know what, you gotta hit send on that application or it's you know, not accepted after midnight tonight. Are you able to hit send if it's not exactly the way you want it to be?
3: Yeah, I'm able to hit send, but honestly I'm gonna be like, disappointed with myself afterwards. like knowing that I, like, I mean I guess I couldn't have done better if it was in that circumstance, but I always try to do the best and if I can't get there, it's kind of
1: disappointing for myself. So you're not able to say, like, you know what? I did my best. It's going to have to be good enough. Let's move on. How long do you kind of stew over that?
3: A lot, honestly. I like, during high school, like, almost every school night, I'm up at least till 12 doing work. Like, I just really have to, I really focus on making sure that everything's perfect so I can, like, satisfy myself. And if I do put every single thing I can and, like, do it as to the best of my abilities and it doesn't go the way I like it, I kinda just have to accept that, which is still disappointing, but I can't really beat myself up over that, which I'm trying to work on,
1: too. Good, yeah, because it's not always, right? It can always, always end up exactly the way you wanted it to, and you can accept that.
0: Can I ask, how would you rate your relationship with your parents, and from now, and then how it's been over the last four years in high school? Mm -hmm.
3: I think we have a really good relationship. Our whole family is like very close, and they're always proud of us, they're so encouraging. Honestly, I feel like I would be, like, a wreck if I didn't have them. But they're so supportive, and they're the best.
0: Do you have family dinners every night? Yes. Um, anytime
3: we're all home, then yes, we do. But, of course, like, with sports and stuff, it like, kind of, we're all in different times. But for the most part, we usually do.
0: That's fantastic. So can you talk to your parents about stuff? Like, cause I just want because going back in high school, like, I have a great relationship with my parents. But I couldn't talk to them about a lot of stuff. Um, and I've heard other kids say that they're just scared of letting them down like them being disappointed if they knew some of the stuff you're really thinking or like, I don't know, or for you just, I don't want to do homework right now. I don't care. Like, I don't know if you'd say, what. what I guess, I don't know where I'm going with that question. Like, what, do, are you, do you ever have those feelings about like your, are you fully honest with your parents all the time? Do you feel like, um, you let them down if you are fully honest sometimes? I don't
3: well, I think that most of the time, if I'm upset, I can handle myself, like just like kind of like taking deep breaths. But if I am like in a spot where I like need to talk to them I always would feel comfortable going to them. And if they know that I'm upset, like they're more than comforting, like they know that I always try my best and they're happy with whatever results it might be.
0: So, so when does a parent come to you? So I think this is what parents are struggling with and we need to know, like, when do you need us? When do you don't, right? Like there's that space to be given. But if I see my kids struggling, like, do you want me to come put my arm around you and talk to you? Or are you just like, no, mom, get out of my space?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I like when they come in and try and comfort me because like everyone always needs someone to be there for them, even if they're not showing it. Like deep down, everyone needs that like comforting person there for them all the time. And I get how some people could definitely be like, no, get away. But honestly, that might even be like them really needing you more more. of a sign that they need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear as a parent.
0: And do you, like, your parents talk? Is it it them just being there or or actually talking?
1: Like, I know it's different for every kid. So
0: let me, but, like, we're just using you. Like, if your parent can remember, if they start asking you questions or telling you about their own day, like, what's, like, a good way of approaching you if you, like, aren't in shutdown mode? You don't want to talk, but, like, someone can tell that you want someone there. Yeah.
3: Honestly, just a hug. Like, that goes such a long way all the time. Like, just, like, being in your parents' arms is so comforting and so, like, relieving from stress, I would say, for myself at least.
1: Do you feel like your friends are as lucky as you are with their family support?
3: I think the majority of them are, but I don't know that far into their lives. But I think that some of them definitely have struggles with it being like close with their parents in that way.
0: I feel Taylor. I feel hopeful, by the way. Like that, like a hug can do a lot. It makes me feel like, and yeah. and through all like the stuff we go through as a town, like it's nice to hear you just gave us one tool. If we know nothing else, if I can walk away and pick, okay, hug, hug, ruin that. Mm -hmm. I I got a lot of hugs. (laughs) And they're free. (laughs) Come here, girl. So true.
3: They definitely go a long way.
1: Do you feel like you, your friends, you, I mean, your group, and I I don't mean to not focus on you, but like as a whole are in a pretty good place or do you think it's, it's difficult Uh, even like within
3: my own friends we're all very competitive with each other like just because this town just kind of breeds like a competitive environment and we can't really even help it it's just kind of tough like kind of trying to balance like our social lives but also with school and now with college applications and kind of the competition among like that kind of sort of thing with the applications everyone in this town kind of tends to like head towards some of the same schools, so that also makes it tough and just kind of like almost awkward in a sense to talk about.
1: Yeah, does it like pit you against each other? Almost, yeah. Is there anything you guys talk about or do together to try to combat that?
3: Not really. It's kind of just like not as talked about as much. And obviously we're always happy for each other's successes, but like we just kind of like let it kind of
0: lie.
1: Interesting. I was going to shift gears. Did you have something else to say, Liz?
0: No, I was kind of I kind of was like thought like that made me think about some of the social media pressures and like the Bowling Grand School, but shift gears away. Go.
1: Well, that, that is interesting. I'm wondering, you know, social media related to being female. We, our last interview was with male, a male student. Um, how much does appearance fit into like your sense of self-worth and others today in Darian?
3: So much, so much like Instagram, for example, has become a huge part of all of our lives. Like, we have this thing where like you wear one outfit and you post a picture in it, you can't wear it again, which is such an unbelievable <laughs> circumstance. But really? you spent yeah, you spend so much money on these clothes, and then oh you wear it again, you're like looked down upon, which is like unbelievable. But holy cow! And then like when you're looking at other people who you might be going to school with, you judge them based on your in- their like Instagram and social media. As bad as it sounds, it's just kind of like the stereotype, which is
1: horrible. But it's just. Do you feel comfortable bucking and trying to be like, you know, I'm going to post every day for the next 16 days wearing the same t-shirt, like, you know, cause this is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd be too nervous to honestly. Really?
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Really? I mean, there's, there's no lack of confidence here and bravery on your part. So the fact that you would, almost, that you're saying you would feel nervous too. <laughs> yeah. That goes to show me what, yeah. that gives me a good sampling of what most other women are going to be feeling.
1: Holy cow! Oh
0: my I, I know I got to absorb what you just said right there because that like alone makes me feel for you guys totally. And I just really freaking hate social media. What you guys are doing? Do you guys be commu- How do you communicate? I heard that that um, this generation talks through TikTok, like instead of like you don't. Do you ever call your friends?
3: Mm, we FaceTime sometimes, but I would say the majority of our communication is honestly through Snapchat, which is Snapchat, that's yeah, what I was thinking Which is an app that basically deletes your text after 24 hours So like maybe you text someone and then 24 hours later, it's gone So you can't like it never will get traced back Have you ever
1: been a part of, you know, kind of like a bullying scenario in any social media platform where it's, or it's been a hurtful experience?
3: Not myself personally, but there's definitely been some posts on social media where the comments get way out of hand and people, like, like other people's comments to kind of, like, gang up on other people sometimes, which is definitely scary, honestly.
0: Like, I wonder if I was, like, um, go. I mean, I was, I was, I would say, like, pretty cool enough kid when I was in high school. But if someone is ganging up, like, I put myself in that scenario of, like, if there's momentum on a train going where someone's picking on someone to, like, to step out of line and be like, everyone stop. Like, that's probably a hard situation to be in. Right, yeah, definitely, and, it's and when you're hidden, also, yeah, go ahead, yeah,
3: yeah. I was just gonna say, like, even if you do try and stand up, then it's you now who's like yeah, the, the target, have the target on their back. Yeah,
0: is that just a is that a product of where we are here, or do you find um, I don't know if you have friends outside of Darien, um, your same age, that you've come that you've come across through camp or like athletic stuff. Is that a Darien problem, or is that everywhere?
3: Honestly, I think it is more of a Darien problem. I think that other towns similar to us. Have the same problem, but mostly in Darien. Like a lot of people I'm friends with from different states, don't really have that same kind of like environment
1: that they have to perform a certain way. So does it make you nervous to engage? I mean, how do you avoid it? I mean, I guess they're not picking on you, so you're in a good spot. But are you worried that for that now, happen until the tides turn? And all we- <laughs> yeah. <I>
3: mean, <laughs> well, like my friends and I, for example, like whenever we're posting something on Instagram or something, we always. Send it to each other first. Like, is this good? Like, do you guys like this? Should I post this? Kind of like to get a second opinion or approval. Which honestly, we sh- I don't know why we do that. We honestly shouldn't. We should be confident enough in ourselves. But yeah. it's like that second opinion is what like makes me com- confident enough to post something.
1: And you know, to your point, <laughs> dogs having a hard time upstairs. <laughs> the dog, um, yeah, I'll like that. But Liz, to your point earlier, like if you and your friends, given what I assume is you know your social status, being who you are, like as a captain of two teams and you know a fantastic kid like how what am I trying to say like if you aren't feeling comfortable about that like yeah how does anybody else manage through this like could you guys not set the tone and say like this is ridiculous
3: yeah honestly I think that would be the next step I think that we should try and like move towards that because if we can change maybe other people
1: would do the same Um, like who's going to come after you exactly. and your friends. I yeah. just—is there? Mm-hmm. Are there really that many?
0: You mean like if if you're a strong group, if you're if you're a collective group, no one's gonna. Is that part of the strategy? If you've got a good friend group, like you feel protected. Yeah. I, am yes. I creating? Am I just? Did I make that up, or is that? No, sense? I would say a hundred percent. Ah. Interesting.
1: But also, I mean, you you know, you're gaining strength and in, in numbers essentially. And then, what about that poor kid that doesn't have the posse? Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's got to be difficult. So, I mean, does all this contribute to, you know, some of the stuff that's going on, unfortunately, in our high schools with mental health problems? Like, how much do you see other kids struggling socially, you think, because of social media or I mean, is this happening in person too? like this kind of behavior?
3: I think it's mostly on social media, like people can hide behind a screen when they're online. But in person, it's totally different. People don't do that as much. And definitely there's like chirping and stuff like that. But I feel What's like chirping. It's, like, just, like, calling people names and stuff. Okay, so actual, like, comments. Yeah, okay. but honestly, social media, I feel like, is more hurtful just because they can right. say whatever they want, and you have no way of standing up for yourself, really. So
1: fewer kids getting shoved into lockers these days and more just <laughs> yeah. on social media. Yeah.
0: I, I like the locker and the pudding on the head better. Yeah,
3: right? I mean, it was, it was at least
1: honest and upfront. Yeah, like, exactly. Right, right. It's much more difficult now.
0: For parents, if if your parents um, were to tell you, like, you're done, like, do they put rules on you for your social media? And if they did, how would you react to it?
3: They don't. But I feel like if they did, I would be upset. I would feel like I was being left out. Like, I would get, fear, like, FOMO, like, fear of missing out if I didn't have it, because I wouldn't be able to see what's going on and stuff like that.
0: Okay. But do you think, can you take a step back and say, do you think it might be good for you sometimes if your parents said No. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that would help. You're like, please, mom and dad, don't listen to this. (laughs) No, but honestly, because I think we we struggle with like how we can fix the solutions for this. So I need to know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, are are some boundaries here good despite you guys are going to push against them and not want them? Like, I don't know. Can you can you step outside of yourself and your group in this moment and say, yeah, mom and dad, you guys could rein in a little bit more, or do you think you've struck you find a fine balance on your own?
3: That's kind of hard to say for different people, but I think that I have found, like, a good balance, I would say. But, like, when I'm doing my work, I'm focused. and I'm not really on my phone. But I think for a lot of people, like, they struggle with school because they're constantly, like, looking back on their phone trying to see what's new and, like, what's going on. But I think that, like, if people can, like, learn to try and limit themselves, like, at night, like, later in the day when I feel like a lot of the, like, that stuff could happen on social media. I think that would be better because you're not as distracted by that.
0: Okay. Okay. Do you may keep going another one. I don't yeah, want to, go ahead. You had a good flow. I was gonna change lanes a little bit on there. Um, <clears throat> I want to know. Well, actually, I'll, I'll finish. I want to know what makes you happy. And I was gonna ask if you how, you, how do you feel when you are looking at social media? And do you ever stop to think how you feel after it?
3: Not really. I kind of just like scroll through mindlessly, not really thinking about it, just kind of seeing what's new, but stuff that makes me happy are honestly like my friends and family and sports are a big part of it, but also that's also a huge stressor. So it's kind of a balance there too.
1: What are you most proud of? Oh, that's a good
3: question. Um,
1: Probably. I don't know. Um, You have a lot of things to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or what do you say? Uh, instead of putting you on the spot so much, like what today in general, what do you think makes people feel best about themselves? What aspects of their life are they most proud of and trying to invest the most amount of time?
3: I think for a lot of people, that would be like getting a good grade on tests and it's like having all your hard work show through
1: your grades. Uh, but so other academics is at the top in Darian, you think?
3: Yes, but also like I think it depends on the person. I think that a lot of people have academics that come first and other people have like social um social things that they that come first and other people are maybe more sports driven and care like the most about that
1: what kind of social like metrics are used for like achieving something that they're proud of like
3: maybe like getting invited to a party or like having someone maybe even just like laugh at your joke or something like that could be something people someone could be proud of
1: yeah
0: interesting i was thinking I had something, you threw me, I, I had something, I was to ask about that.
1: Um. I'm wondering, like, you know, as it compares to when, you know, Liz and I were in school and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of parents that are listening, like, who are the cool kids these days in, in Darien? Is it the athletes? Is it the scholars? Are there lots of different groups?
3: I think it's kind of like stereotyped as the athletes are the cool kids, which Shouldn't be how it is, but that's just kind of like what our town has like developed into because we're such like a sports crazy town. So those who like succeed and are part of a team and do well
1: have kind of become that popular group of people, I would say. Okay. But Interesting. Is, is there is there also like mutual respect for the musicians and the artists and, you know, like the academics and I mean, do you all like coexist very peacefully or is it separate but equal? Is it
3: not really? I would say we're very divided. Like we don't really interact as much with those kind of people we're just different like I don't know we don't really relate to them as much I would
0: say
1: um, but yeah it's not so dissimilar I guess well
0: what is that similarity that you're all saying is you guys all want whether I meet a kid who's a great, great theater great actor great actress or if I meet a kid who's a great athlete or a kid who's just great like you know in the medical field you know doing their own thing or a writer you guys all seem to prioritize great. and Taylor talked just said about this I don't understand how if you're all prioritizing grades and you all want to get A's, there are all kids there that are not getting straight A's, right? Mm-hmm. So am I? is there some sort of – can I make an assumption that possibly any kid that's not getting straight A's is not feeling good about themselves in this area?
3: I mean, I would say so. I think some people don't prioritize school as much, okay. but I think for the most part, people definitely are very competitive with grades and – yeah.
0: And is that the atmosphere of the school or are the, are, it's the parents' expectation? Because I feel like we talked about this before with your parents and your parents, of course, want you to do well. They want you to get grades, but are they saying, I don't feel like your parents are ones that that are de- like demanding straight A's.
3: No, they're not. I would say, I'm sure some people have parents who demand them straight A's, but I feel like a lot of the... Um, that academic success just lies within the students at the school who like put the pressure on themselves to do well more than their parents. I'm sure that's the case for some, but I think for a lot of people, it's just like it's such a competitive town, and you want to be the one with the best grades. You wanted to get you want to get in the best college, and that kind of comes from yourself seeing everyone else and how well other
1: people are doing. Well, I think a lot of times, from what I've heard, um, it sounds like parents you know are pushing on the grades because they want to get to that point where in senior year when everyone's saying, oh, where did your child get into school? They have a good answer. Yeah. How much do you feel that? I mean, how much do you think that really is true? Like, is it about the parents and like, you know, their sense of self-worth as far as where you're going to college?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think that the parents do play a big role. I feel like whenever some like, as I know, I can relate to this and maybe... I I don't know but if I get a bad grade I like immediately I'm like oh I hope my parents like aren't disappointed in me which obviously I know they're very supporting they wouldn't um, be upset with me they know I will always work hard but like for a lot of people I feel like that's not the reality and their parents actually may be disappointed with them even if they did work their hardest
0: that's your first reaction though when you get a bad grade or what that your parents might be disappointed or a, a different one I feel like, yeah,
3: I just just don't want to make them disappointed, which I know, like, they're the most supportive people in my life. Like, I know they won't be disappointed in me, but I just, like, have, like, pressures myself
1: that I hold myself accountable to, and I just... Ironically, it can be that that wonderful relationship with your parents that makes you feel more, I think, because I kind of lived it, like, more... you know, incentivized or, or putting pressure on yourself because you want, you want yeah. to make them happy. You mm-hmm. want to make them proud, right? Like they've done so much for you and whatever. And this is, I'm speaking from my own experience. You know, my dad, mom, and dad sacrificed so much for me to be a competitive ski racer that, you know, I wanted to be able to deliver on that investment and make them proud. And um, so I think, yeah, you can, honestly, a lot of times probably put it on yourself, not because of an unhealthy relationship with your parents, but actually from a healthy one yeah. of, you know, Definitely. they've been so supportive. They've been so kind. I want to do this for them. So, it, but I, I definitely have heard that this this time for you guys in senior year when you're all getting into applying and then getting into colleges, that conversation can be very difficult when, you know, everyone's asking, oh, where'd you go to, where'd you well, apply, or where'd you get in? Okay,
0: so that's, what I was actually just thinking about that. I've heard that um, that question alone is a stressor question for uh, juniors and seniors. Where are you going to school? Is that the case at all? Or do you not feel that because you got into school, you have it's done with you and-
3: yeah, for me, I don't really feel that just because I already know, but I know a lot of my friends, like, some some of them are very secretive about it just because they don't want to say where they're applying to if they don't get in. And others, like, once you do get in, some, like, are hesitant to say because I feel like a lot of people measure where you go to school as to your success, like, during high school, which isn't always true. But I think that's what a lot of people put pressure on themselves to think about, and that's why there's kind of, like, a hesitation and kind of, like, a disappointment when you're saying that and why some people think that way.
0: So that is a, that is a, one of your currencies, then, as a high schooler, is your college, your future college Yeah, admission. I would say so. What about, I mean, because that's, only, I actually, I think like 90% of kids in Daring go to college. Is that correct, Taylor?
1: Oh, I think so, yeah.
0: Something like that. But I have to think like that, I mean, not everyone wants to go to college, or not,
1: college isn't a fit for everyone. I don't know. Like, what do you think about? Yeah, how many kids are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to take a year off? Are there a lot these days? No,
3: I haven't heard from anyone in my grade that they're saying that. I'm sure people are definitely thinking about it. It's a personal thing, but they probably don't want other people to know that. And that's why I haven't heard anything like that.
1: Interesting.
0: Hmm. Can I shift gears a little bit? Ask you one other thing as a, as a, a woman in the high school, um, eating disorders. I feel like I've come across that, like that I've heard that many, many women have gone through at some phase of that, some point in their time, um, I don't know if you're comfortable saying if you've ever had one or if you've had friends have one, but like, do you think that's as prevalent as what I'm hearing, which is the majority of people have had it?
3: Yes, definitely. There's such oh. a standard, like a, such a beauty standard, honestly, that so many people feel like that they need to uphold. And that's why that's like driven enough. Of course, like social media is also probably a huge part of why girls feel like they need to eat differently to look differently which is so sad, but yeah, it's definitely a tough reality at our school. A lot of girls have faced those kind of things.
1: And you all eat together. Is there like pressure at the cafeteria about what's in front of you? Like,
3: yeah, I mean, not as much within my own friends because we're just all really close. We kind of know what's going on with each other, but definitely there's like tension when we're sitting with other friends groups, like you notice and you're like, oh, it's like, like this person has had a salad or like this person isn't eating and just stuff like that and it's sad. And it's hard to step in because you don't know like if like they're comfortable with you like saying something, especially if you're not as close with them. But yeah, it's definitely tough.
1: And if some girl comes and sits down next to you that you don't know and has a big cheeseburger and fries in front of her, how do people react to that?
3: (laughs) Well, for me, I don't really care at all. But um, I think that definitely some people like are like, oh, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but there's definitely some kind of, judgment there, I'm sure.
0: Taylor, you're not going to judge me if I get a giant cheeseburger sitting next to you. <laughs> I'm going like, to have mine right next to you. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure my friend group would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> even though I would do that. But how early do these do these signs exist? I've heard even going back to middle school, like so by freshman, you've seen this stuff freshman year?
3: Yeah, I didn't even really realize it was a thing until um, TikTok actually is where I kind of learned about it. And especially during quarantine, that was um, my freshman year when everyone was at home and you're surrounded by like TikToks to entertain you and you see all these girls on TikTok so skinny and then other people talking about their eat- eating disorders. and I think that's kind of like where
1: a lot of talking about them like from. I'm not healthy or talking about them like bragging about it.
3: Like how I'm not healthy like I need help like almost oh, okay. like a call for help.
1: Okay. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So that maybe was helpful or do you think I mean how many eating disorders were born out of COVID or how many were like saved during that Time because they were watching people say like this isn't healthy.
3: Well, I'm sure I think that for my grade at least we are kind of still young then, and it kind of drove them rather than solved them.
0: Hmm. Like, do you, is there um, shaming that goes around if a girl that gets really skinny? Um, <clears throat> maybe she looks good, maybe she doesn't. But is there is there such a thing as too skinny? Yeah, definitely. In, I think that okay, good and yeah. social. Does it come with social bullying or concern? Like, what's what's the trend when when?
3: I feel like that's more of a concern because it's a serious problem. People want to help. People who, when you see that kind of thing,
0: good. So, what do parents look for? How do they know, like their kid? Like, you know, if you see someone every day, and you think you, you see your kid, you think you see your kid eating this food or eating this. Like, I mean, but you're not with your kid for another eight hour of of those days. Like, how does it? Do you do you know what a parent looks for or the questions to ask?
3: I don't honestly. I think that a lot of it is like kind of on the friends to reach out if they need to because they see the their kids probably more than they do, especially during the school days. Like we eat lunch with them and stuff like that. But then at home, I I know not every family has like family dinners, but a lot of that, I think that parents can kind of see if their kids are eating then too.
0: What about parents reaching out to the, like, would you be annoyed? um, I know we can't, I don't keep you too long on this, but like my last question for you, would you be annoyed if your parents asked your friends how your eating was going? Like, what about, I guess in general, your parents talking to your friends? And getting an assessment on you.
3: I mean, I might be like a little bit embarrassed for, about that, but I honestly oh, would. Just a little bit or a lot? Come
0: on, be honest with me.
3: <laughs> Probably a lot. Okay, okay. That's but I, I think in the long run, I would appreciate it if I was going down that path. I think I would need, like, because then that would give them the confirmation that they need to help me. And I think that that would actually be more helpful, although it might be a little bit embarrassing. I think that, like, it would benefit me
1: better. Interesting. I just want to shift gears one more time before we wrap it up. What role does faith or religion play in your life, if any?
3: Um, Not much. My family and I go to church Sundays, but not that often.
0: So, what tools do you have? Like, you know, we're we're bringing on um, as part of the series um, some of our clergy leaders. Pardon me, it's a hard one to say. Clergy leaders to speak about um, the role faith plays, you know, in in depression or stress or whatever that might be, and just you know, mental well awareness altogether, mental health. Um, but what tools do you have to kind of take away the pressure, make you happy, give you, give you the relief you need?
3: Um, well for me, how I kind of manage it is like I make to do lists and I kind of talked about this early, but earlier, but just like kind of plan out my week. And then if I do get stressed, I go to my parents and like other stuff that like kind of makes me more relieved is like just like my dogs, like just spending time with them makes me happy, makes me realize like, okay, I'm fine. This is just a small part. And as silly as it sounds, it actually does help me out a lot. And even just like, especially spending time with my sister, like sometimes I'll just walk next door into her room when I'm feeling overwhelmed and she'll kind of like make me laugh and kind of calm me down. She's younger? Yeah, she's um, a sophomore.
1: Okay. That's great that you have that relationship with her. You know, not all sisters are that close. That's awesome. It is. And it sounds like you've got really good perspective and balance and, you know, kudos to your parents, your family for providing that. I'm glad you asked about the family dinner, so I got to do that more often.
0: Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, it's really, it's 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 neat speaking to you. And it's it throws me, though. My mind's blown that you are clearly, like, as I said, a strong, courageous woman. I mean, you, and you've got humility in you. And you still, are. word, you still, you know. You get the social pressure. You're worried about social pressures yourself, even though you're. I feel like uh, you and your group at times, as seniors and athletes, could be yeah. leading, setting the tone. Yes, thank you, setting the yeah. tone. Um, so everyone feels it, which I guess is is good to hear.
1: I think it's good to hear, I <laughs> and know. I hope with every day. Yeah, you you gain more confidence in in taking on that role and saying, you know what, damn it, I'm I'm a leader in this community, and this is BS. You know, some of the stuff that's going on is not not okay, not healthy, not good for anybody. You know, sort of like the Jerry Maguire. Who's with me? Like, like <laughs> I'm taking the fish. <laughs> I feel like Jerry Maguire. That, like, Taylor
0: references Jerry Maguire all the time. It's like her one movie. And like, Quan, yeah, I haven't seen like, movies in a
1: while. I know. It's
0: like that's your one movie dictionary. I like it. Only one,
1: <laughs> but it's a good one. It's a good one. All right. One. Anyway, you get my point, right? Yeah. But thank you so much for joining us. You were so brave to do it, and um, you know, such a great voice. Thank you for your time and for your willingness to chat. Mm-hmm. And good luck
0: this year. And this year. we'll hopefully have to come see you on the feed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah.
1: Enjoy your final year. We look mm-hmm. forward to watching your career. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Take care. Thank
3: you. Thank you.
1: This is now we're talking Darianne. This is Taylor Carter here with my podcast host Liz Geiger. And uh, that was our second of three teenagers that is willing to come in and chat with us. Um, Fantastic interview. And this third one um, is a little bit longer, but very worthwhile. Um, Please make time to listen to the whole thing. Uh, She's fantastic. And I'm so grateful to all three of these young people for being so brave
0: yeah so courageous and remember this is episode one in a three or four part episode series we're doing here on mental health in our town our next episode we brought to you after this one which will cover uh the experts in town we're going to bring in people who have been working in town with our children and experiencing what's going on and so enjoy this and then um look for that coming uh a week or a couple weeks after. (laughs) yeah all right here we go
1: Hi, and welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Now, tell us, you are how old? Um, I'm 14, almost 15. Okay, and you're a freshman at Darien High School? Freshman, yep.
0: Okay. And you've been in Darien? My entire life. Okay, I like that. Darien Public School. Yeah. (laughs) It's really neat. We haven't had to talk to a freshman yet. So, you guys, like we talked, we have two seniors Mm -hmm. that we're bringing on. You're our only freshman, so you're going to provide a different perspective to this Mm -hmm. whole... Very different, especially because um, like
4: different ages can definitely affect like the mental health
0: um yeah different stage yeah yeah. different age you go through a different stage and stuff like you're you're not quite like the college application process which is kind of dictate a lot of the pressures those guys are going through but you have Mm -hmm. a whole different one which is coming to a high school you know becoming the little fish in the big pond
1: yeah especially it's the beginning of the school year you just came out of being you know yeah big big girl on campus at middle school and now (laughs) you're you know freshman how is that going
4: um, so far it's not too bad. Um, I definitely think that it's it's very very different from middle school. I mean, it's high school, and you're kind of um just thrown into it, and uh, you're with a lot of older kids, and it's definitely a lot of new elements to um the social aspects, and like you were saying, Liz, like the the pressures of Darian um, definitely start to to fold in um, with like the college and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed Already. like the classes. I mean, I'm in a lot of the harder classes but there's definitely like the workload is a lot more like high, le- high level. Ex- um, they expect a lot more from you.
0: Okay, so set this up for us. So tell us what you are, so we can paint a picture of kind of the person you are. Like, you know, where are you with academics? How, like, on a scale, like, did you, are academics important to you? How involved are you? What do you do outside of school? What extracur- extracurriculars do you do? Um,
4: I'm, for right now, I'm doing freshman field hockey team. So that's something I do every day after school. And then um, academically, uh, I am in most of the honors classes and accelerated. So it's a lot of work, um, which a lot of teachers actually don't recommend because it's a lot. Um, and then I'm also doing the starting the EMT first aid class wow. um, this fall. So my schedule's pretty packed.
1: Um, is that in anticipation of being a part of post 53?
4: Yes. It's, it's the
0: first aid class. Okay. So you take it and if you pass,
1: you can get accepted into it. Um, so
0: who, who, who has you, what was the idea of doing that class and also the grades on the accelerate? Is that coming from your parents or is that you? Um, you know, I've
4: always known about it because I think it's a great thing
0: we have in this town
4: for, um, high schoolers to step up and take care of, um, the EMT, um, purposes in this town. Yeah. And when I heard that the applications were getting sent out in the spring, I was like, this could be such a great opportunity. Let me at least try it because, um, you know, you don't, you don't see this, this, opportunity like anywhere else so i'm, I'm trying it and um, we'll see how it goes and if i make it in then i'll, I'll stick, try and stick with it so are you interested in medicine um you know i've never really like been super detailed with it but i am interested now i've i've been to one class and it's yeah. gonna, i mean i enjoy it
1: so i'm gonna stick with it well good for you for trying out and thank <laughs> you for volunteering yeah um. yeah
0: Okay, and then athletics. We keep talking to athletic people. I think like our, our world ties back to athletics, but that's a lot of what kids a lot of our do connections it. come through. That yeah. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Yeah. But also,
4: just Darian is a lot of like um, it's a lot about athletics. Like the social um, aspects of Darian are definitely focused on the athletic community, and I've definitely noticed that, especially at the high school.
1: How yeah, go, go, Darian. So, no, I mean, are you playing sports to fit in, or do you really love sports?
4: You know, I used to um,
1: play sp- softball.
4: And, uh, I stopped softball and started playing lacrosse and, you know, lacrosse is very like big in this town. And I definitely think that at first it was very like, you're trying to fit in a certain standard and like fit in to that community. I mean, field hockey is what I play and it's, I think it's a lot more laid back than lacrosse, a lot less intense, but, um, it's definitely still, you're trying to like fit in and it's a lot of pressure to be the best. Like, um, did you join lacrosse because it was more of a fit in type sport? I joined because my friends did it Mm -hmm. and because it was a good opportunity. Um, and I do enjoy the sport. I do like it. I just think that it definitely puts a lot of social pressure and it's, it's hard to be the best and even the best thinks they're not the best. Oh, sure. I mean, how did you, why did you stop softball? Did you not like it anymore? Um, you know, softball, there's, there wasn't as many opportunities in this town. I actually like my age, um, there was no team for my age group. And like this past year, I've gone back to it. And so now in the high school, I don't really know which way I'm going to go. But um, I mean, it's completely different. Like softball and lacrosse are the same season. Yeah. Um, but the coaches, like the money put into it, the, the overall program is just completely opposite. It's, it's lacrosse focused. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. completely lacrosse focused. Yeah. So like when you don't play the sport of lacrosse, like I have friends who don't play. I mean, they feel like a misfit. They feel like um, they're not f- like living up to the standard that everyone else is. But it's like, it's completely okay if you don't play lacrosse. You right. can play what you can do whatever you want. Well, there's a whole
0: group of people that don't play anything.
2: Yeah.
4: They don't play any of those. They <laughs> That's why things like post are good. Because um, it's like a separate community for people. Yeah, DHS also does a good job with like theater programs and stuff. Yeah, So it's not only athletics, but like mainly, usually the athletes are like... Um,
1: yeah, paint a picture of the popular kid. Like if you could like design the, mm-hmm. the perfect teenager, what would she look like if you're talking about a female? I mean... As a
4: girl, like I'd say, blonde, um, you <laughs> skinny. Like lacrosse, um, either soccer, or field hockey in the fall, um, and you know, smart in school, um, well put together family, um, big house. Like that's usually the Darian standard. Wow, and
1: interesting. So even real estate plays into this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> even real estate. That's, I yeah, that's especially. Crazy. It's funny you said skinny too. I don't think in my entire high school career I don't think I until like I was an adult I would use I would have used body image to describe someone really? I, mean, I would have thought I definitely thought about it subconsciously, mm-hmm. but I don't think enough to where I would have said it so it's interesting it was one of your it's not bad or good just you guys are just very aware. no, you're, I think also the difference is, is
4: that in in my generation, we have a lot of social media, and what comes with social media is like the perfect image. and so one constantly seeing that and then like being in a town like this, you know it's constant comparison. Um, and I've noticed that with myself, like I'm, it's always like a comparison going on. And, um, and I think with like Corona and a lot of setbacks, like we've been a lot with like body image has definitely been a big thing in this town. And so like fitting up to that standard is like, like what people go for and that's, it can create more issues.
0: Do you think there are a lot of, um, a lot of eating disorders for women in this town? I do.
4: You do? I do think that that's something that's kind of common. What I does mean, it look like? Like, um, a kid who's struggling with it, or?
1: Like, you know. to you, how do you notice that? What, what do you, what makes you say that? What do you see? Um, well. Like, when you all sit down for lunch at school. Yeah,
4: um, well, okay. Um, DHS is very different from the middle school. So, speaking from what I know from the past two weeks of school, um, there is some kids, uh, during the lunch period, since the teachers aren't as, like, as to- on top of you of, like, eating and stuff, there are some kids that skip lunch and will, like, walk around or, like, not do it. And I've, like, actually seen some kids and, like, asked them how they're doing or been, like, you can come eat or... It's, like, in high school, it's more of, like, the lunch is more of an option. So I do think that, like, things like that, it's, like, skipping. Mm. I mean, people... So not eating is a sign? Not eating is definitely a sign. Um, the way they dress is a sign, um meaning meaning like i mean i think the way you dress is a lot of signs um i think it also can show like your level of confidence um because also clothes is like sort of a standard at least for girls and darianne and like your style and so if you start wearing baggier clothes or um things like that like you, it's a lot of the time like you're not as confident with your body image because a lot of the times like girls are um following a certain style with like showing themselves you know what I mean but what about the other end like
0: what if you're you're confident like you want to like dress stylish and like I know the style now is to wear crop tops and like you know and low-cut shirts but like that also sends another image like a, 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 that sends a different message like while you might be confident in yourself but you're also subjecting yourself to yeah to like to wanting like some sort of attention from people
4: yeah no yeah there's definitely I think that I mean starting out in sixth grade um with my like personal friend group, like immediately body image was important. Like immediately we were all being judged on like wow, our looks and body images. And like, I mean, my friend group personally was like thrown into one with like boys and girls. And um, it was a lot of like boys, like, you know, picking the girls who fit that, that perfect standard. And then the ones who didn't were kind of, you know, pushed around and like made fun of. And I, I think it's hard. I think it's sure. hard. And I've seen kids go from like their true selves to completely different people just to try and fit that standard. But like, I mean, it's not like them. And like, it, just because you're a bit overweight and you're not the most perfect skinny girl doesn't mean you're not healthy. doesn't mean it's not okay. Right. Not everyone needs to look the same.
0: But what, what if someone like skips a meal because you might just not be hungry? Are they gonna get like, um, is there another side of bullying like that comes with people that are not... Um, not doing like what is expected
4: like bullying people for not being well
0: yeah okay like so like if someone skips you might be like it might be a sign like oh maybe they're struggling like maybe keep an eye on them but if someone just likes like skips because they're not hungry or they had like a late breakfast and then everyone's like oh look at you you're not eating you're anorexic you're not like is is there is that even
1: or is there even a negative repercussion for not eating or people are like wow she's got a lot of discipline yeah
0: well i think it
4: i think I, I mean I, I understand what you're saying by that like if a if a girl's not eating everyone's like should I not eat either is this right. like is this too right. much I definitely can see that but like I mean personally if I if I had picked up on a friend not eating for multiple days at a time I don't know if they just skipped lunch one day mm-hmm. I would say like hey I noticed you're not eating recently like are you okay I'm always here to talk you would say that yeah I would I would say that. that's what I said to someone the other day and um what'd she say back um she said hey I'm fine thank you for reaching out and I said okay my my table's always open. You can always sit with me. So, I mean, You're I think even if they're even if they're not opening up about it, I think um, someone noticing that's that they're not eating will show them that like maybe something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Where it maybe not eating like this is like is bad, and like maybe I need some help. And like there's people that are there for you to hear about it. I mean, I think that you were saying is like the bullying stuff with like oh they're not eating, they're anorexic. I definitely think that may have happened. Um, before but like recently with like stuff going on in our town it's been a lot less of like you're anorexic ew it's less of like are you okay it's more of are you okay I mean
0: oh comes from a place of empathy I mean that's what I feel
4: like um I think that if someone were to say that it wouldn't be because someone's not eating I think if someone looked like unusually skinny or something they would say oh my gosh you're anorexic or something like that's the only time I would think to hear something like that but I haven't really
1: heard something like that I've, I've heard it before, but not um, a couple of years ago. Tweaking that a little bit, um, how does what you wear matter? Like brands and particular clothes? Like, do people care about that? Oh my gosh. I mean, completely. I mean, I'm,
4: I've am i seen it with um, The Grade Below, like my sister's in The Grade Below. And like her friend group is kind of set up on, um, or just like that grade is like what clothes you wear. And like they all have matching shoes, backpacks. And it's like expensive brands. I of mean, course, yeah. My mom is like, I mean, just in general, like, like you know, to fit that standard of like, there's brands like Aviator Nation, Aviator Nation, uh, Love Shack, Fancy, like stuff like <laughs> that. It's like, two hundred dollars for a pair of sweatpants. I mean, if holy you if cow, you want I'm that, you can. But like, I mean, there's like, there was like friend groups based on it. If you don't have these sweatpants, then you're not accepted into the group.
1: A friend group like on social media, um, or, or just like friends with each other because of a pair of sweatpants.
4: Like like friends with each other. Like it's just like holy cow. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I definitely think there's a standard, like we, what we've been talking about is there's definitely a standard of like what yeah. you need to own. And like, if you stray from that and you buy, I don't know, like I used to have these neon green pair of sweatpants and all my friends are kind of like, what are you doing? I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're all like, kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what <laughs> what are those? And, um, so did you
1: put them away even though you loved them?
4: No, I mean, I'm, I'm the type of kid that will keep wearing it and try to make it my own trend thing. Um, but Good definitely, it's, but definitely it, it
0: is an effect. Like it definitely will be like, okay, am I like a weirdo? Um, let's, let's talk about your story in? a bit in this sense then. Cause I know you've got a story because you do tend to beat your own drum. I feel like you always have friends and you participate in, you sound like mm-hmm. you to participate in the very common things in Darien, but, um, I feel like at times, and you've kind of already, and anyway, this you've stood up to what you believe in, and you've stood up to kids, you've reached out to kids, um, you've kind of followed your own path. And I want to know how that's uh, been a good thing for you or a bad thing for you.
4: Okay, well, coming into sixth grade, um, I definitely had a rough time, um, especially because I was thrown into a group um, where it was like, like I said, like you had to fit a lot. And um, with me personally, looking for something in a friendship, Means like a friend that will stick by you, a friend that will stand up for you, a friend that um, you know like loves you for you. And like in middle school, it's it's very like whoever the boys like will get invited, and whoever like it's very um, superficial. Like yeah, you gotta you gotta know. And so everyone was pretty fake to me at the beginning of sixth grade, and I I got bullied. I was bullied by older grades. I was bullied by my grade. For what? Um, I don't know. Maybe. People, I guess I was just too much of myself, maybe right away because like I mean, I had friends, um, but they they were kind of they kind of changed going to middle school. i I don't, I don't really know. Um, you're strong. Yeah, thank you. Um, I I mean, I got through it. What ended up happening was, I mean, there was this one there was this like issue in my friend group with this one girl um, bullying me. And I like always stood against it. And I was like, I refuse, like I would say stuff and people, no, I I didn't, I didn't ever stray from what I believed in. And that's like really kept me going and I kept with myself. And over time people did follow it. And in Corona and 2020 and stuff, like my friend group kind of changed and people started following me more because I was like, um, I mean, I knew who I was and I like, I stuck with what I believed in. I mean a lot has changed since then.
0: But you lost in that time though you lost friends for a long time and mm-hmm. wow.
4: it was it was definitely rough and like what you said the superficial stuff um, people really lose themselves in the completely in the yeah in the social parts of Darian. Like I mean I'm so impressed that you know this at such a
1: young I age. I know
0: we go through this right now as parents. This is this is what the parents of you know adults around you all go through. So it's amazing to see that you would have this kind of sense of self and conviction even at like you know 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, but it seems it's coming. It's coming at a cost, though, because when we, we talk to other um, uh, other you know adolescents about this, that, like if you stray from the group, if you like are one of the ones that stands up for yourself, or you're someone else who goes and backs that person, you're
4: the target. Then you're the target. Is that what that is? Yeah, and that's that's kind of uh, what's that's, that's what's always happened to me. And, target. Is there always a target? <laughs> you know, honestly, yes, because that's the easiest way to go. You know, no like I mean I've it's th- what you're saying is completely accurate. Um it's always like I don't want it on me. You know, like you f- I was in um my friend group, I was fully involved and I was more I was like fighting to stay at the top of my friend group for a very long time. And it was very overwhelming and like you 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 fight to not be that target. You do whatever you can. And like things like that will cause you not to will cause it will cost you friendships. It'll cost you friendships. It'll you'll lose yourself in the process, because when you like astray from your morals and like, um, like what you believe in, like that, and you just do it and you
1: like keep going along, um, like in reactive to, mode, like trying to make other people happy. Yeah, just like
4: being in the group, being a people pleaser, and like, I mean, wearing the
1: right thing, trying to look the right way, trying mm-hmm. to say the right things.
4: Yeah, and it's sad. I've seen it happen with a lot of people, and I've seen people who go from being the target to in the group and then back to the target, you know, it's like, there's there's no way to win.
0: So you said this, so things have changed, changed for you since then. That was like long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, how have things changed? What's new? What's,
4: um, so, I mean, 2022 itself has been a really rough year for me with my friends and stuff. Um, I've kind of lost a lot of friendships and been through a tough time. And I think that our town has also faced a tough year as well with, um, some recent losses we've had with fellow students And that has a lot to do with mental health. And that's why I was excited to come on this podcast because um, my mental health has definitely taken a huge effect. And I mean, I've had hardships throughout my entire life um, with my family, with um, friends and everything. Um, But I've never seen mental health been like this big of a deal than this past year. And I know it's not only me. I know it's multiple kids.
1: And um, talk to us about what you've been through this year and we'll talk about the community at large.
4: Um, what I've been through this year is, um, well, there's mental health issues like, uh, depression, anxiety. Those are the most common ones. And, um, what people will say nowadays is like depression's honestly like a trend now and it's sad. And, um, I mean, it's a serious thing. So I, I've been struggling, I've struggled with depression, um, for a while now. And, um, starting in like February, March, uh, I started having issues with my friends, And prior to that, I had issues with my family. So um, everything in my world kind of came crashing down at once when um, we had some recent losses in the town from fellow students of them taking their own lives. And um, on my own mental health, that really took an effect because I had been struggling with depression. And when you have depression in a town like this and you're in a friend group like mine, you gotta hide it. You gotta gotta hide it if you wanna stay in the group. Because once you make yourself vulnerable, that's when everyone will jump at you and then you're the target. So people make fun of people
1: who admit to or are exposed for having issues with depression. Oh
4: yeah. I definitely think that you're definitely like made fun of for for having, I mean at least I've experienced like where um, my issues that I've struggled with have been very public on some matters and there are some people that will reach out and make sure I'm okay and there are some people that will like completely make fun of it and I mean I don't think that either they haven't been to a place like that before or they have and
0: they're out of it now. And like, but really it's like... You've been to a... Sorry, go ahead. You know, what were you we going to say? Well, if you've been to a place like that before, I can't imagine you making fun mm-hmm. of someone who's also there if you've really been to that place. See, but it's out
1: of insecurity. Exactly. I think they're uh. afraid of being in the same category and not wanting to admit it maybe.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there's also like two levels of depression and like things that come along with that. And there's like... What are they? Well, like there's people who are open about it and we'll talk about it and people will accuse them for like wanting attention or um, faking it. Is that possible? Are there some kids out there that like that? Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Um, It's definitely something that's possible. It, that's always happened. Yeah. It's, it's possible. But I mean, you never want to like be too sure. Um, and then like, also there's people that just don't say anything at all. Yeah. And then that's where the insecurity comes where they make fun of others. Like I, I've seen it. I've seen it myself. It's been done to me where someone who was, um, treating me poorly because of the things I was going through, it was going through the exact same thing, except no one knew. So.
0: How do you feel about that? Did you?
4: <laughs> I felt, um, so sad. Yeah, I felt like it was selfish because, um, like how could you be contributing to my hurting and then just have your own hurting on your own and I'm not contributing to it at all and you're still continuing to like hurt me when you know how I feel. Yeah. And I, I mean, i said this to this person, and I said, because, I mean, when I found out about it, I reached out to them and I, like, tried to be a good friend. But, like, I, I just don't know how you're, like, I think support when when going through, when struggling with something with depression or going through um, losses like this is, like, the biggest thing. Is you want to know that people are on your side. And it's not, like, an on-your-side where you're, it's, like, hey, are you okay? I care about you and love you. And then you, like, continue treating them like crap. It's, like, a support where, like, You don't, you don't like it's, it has to be continuous because like mental health doesn't just go away in a day. It's actually, it's like one of the trickiest things because it's not like a medical health problem. So it's not such an easy fix. Um, Like there's so many different ways you could deal with it. There's, it, There's therapy, there's medication, like, and there's no instant day fix. And what I've noticed is like, you could be working so hard to get better with your mental health. And then in one day's time, it can just be reset to the beginning. And wow. um, it's life risking.
0: So wait, tell me, like, uh, when you say you want people on your side, I, I kind of like hearing that. So what does that look like to like people on your side? Is that your family? Is that your parents? Is that your friends? Or is it, like having therapy? You said therapies one way. Faith groups. We've... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 youth groups
4: are definitely good. I mean, I am super involved with my church, and like that's definitely been something that's like always helped me and centered throughout my life. I definitely think that's important. I mean, I'm not super religious, but I do think that the community itself is. um, is needed. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, support. Um, like even if you don't have that many friends, definitely looking in support from your family. Um, teachers at school um, should always step up and help support you in any way possible. And I think that's what the high school is trying to do. Is where um, teachers are more understanding of mental health things, which is, which is reasonable. And um, you know, therapy. I definitely think th- therapy is like iffy to me because. Um, you know, it's not free, and it's um, it's like some people aren't very good at articulating um, their issues, so it only really works if you're good at articulating it. Um, I almost wish there was another way where you could, like, express it, express the way you're feeling without actually having to say it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm personally decently okay at articulating how I feel, but, like, I you know aren't. a lot of kids
1: aren't. Sure. And you gotta have a good therapist. You gotta have a good connection. Yeah, you, yeah. you have to be committed to it emotionally. Like there's a lot that I. It's to hard because you're work. opening
4: up to a stranger. I yeah. mean, like who, what, what kid who's been like hiding it for so long once it just opened up to a stranger? Mm. And I wanna,
1: oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no go. I just wanna rewind a second and like tell you how impressed I am that you can recognize um, what you said earlier about other people who attack <laughs> you for being uh, depressed are often depressed themselves like Mm -hmm. that is a phenomenon that is not unique to kids like adults do it too and it's really hard to identify it as an adult when it's happening you're like god i feel you know i feel terrible i've been attacked for whatever reason and to find out later like as you live longer you see that this happens more and more that it is often because they identify with a similar issue that they're afraid of um in their own lives so i'm just glad that you can recognize that and yeah and that you were able even to confront it that's amazing i hope that that other person in that scenario was able to open up and and move forward because of that confrontation um yeah i mean
4: that's why that's why i think support is is important like just i mean it's like support your greatest enemy honestly because like we are all going through something and um like even even before like like with our recent losses in town um that does take an effect on kids. and we all went through that together. Like that is a like a community experience. Um, and it and it was two, two losses um, of students um from taking their own lives. and and when things start like that start to happen, and um, situations become real, that's when like you you realize something like that is possible. and it it intensifies whatever thought process you had around um, your mental health. And I mean I've had experience with it. I mean I definitely think those um passings affected me. They did. Um they showed me that like something like that is possible and that like it felt like that was the way out and that was like the possible, only possible like
1: normalized, not no, like normalized,
4: like it was a like it was almost like a trend. Oh, and I think that I mean that's it, it's it's tragedy. It's
1: it's awful. We'd never want to see a kid do that. Do you do life. you think that other kids felt the same way and are like mm-hmm. I,
0: <clears throat> so you're saying you you identified with that because of where you were like in that you ha, you were in a good place so you felt is that I don't want to put words in your mouth yes yes
4: yeah so the first um, the first time I, I was kind of like I was in shock and I was like heartbroken because this was so awful and um, I mean I I mean I my my church did things for um, the deaths in town and um, it, we tried to bring the community together and stuff and then by the second time. I mean, like you, Um, by the second time, I was very like, okay, this is this is like this is happening. I was like, this is like it almost felt like a sign to me that this was like something that w- was my way to go. Like that,
1: it was it like was, encouraged you to do the same thing. Yeah,
4: it was like because oh it was God. like a trend. Like it was like, um, it was like, is this a sign that this is like how I'm supposed to like how many more of these are there gonna be? Um, I mean, I think it was it was it was rough. It was rough, and I'm. I. I'm, that was in the spring of 2022. Um.
0: I do think the schools tried to help out with it. Um. Yeah. Like. So. Who. Who. How did you get out of that? That's where your, your head was at at the time. You're I And I hope you don't still
4: think that, right? We- um. I've gotten better. Uh, you know, I. I never like to say I'm completely okay because then the next day things might fall apart. But um, I'm definitely better. Um, you know, the summer was a good break. Um. But I guess how I got out of it was just keep going, keep going. Like, it, it honestly stinks because you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Like, that's how I feel. And then you look back and you're like, that was like kind of long ago. Like, how did I even go from there to here? Mm. Like, I don't even know what really happened inside of me. But I guess um, as the passings got farther away, it felt like less of a possibility. But like, I would have never been able to keep going without meeting with my guidance counselor every day and um trying to go to therapy and like um support from my mom and like you know things like that and um along with all this stuff that was going on in my head and in my life i was also having struggles in my life with um friends i was having like the worst friends issues and um you know i had family problems and i had i i i had i had everything at once like falling apart
0: so how did how how did this? How'd you come out of this? I don't. Know, did you raise your hand like I need help, or did someone see it and um, say you need help? Like,
4: how? I definitely think that saying you need help, like my um, my church emphasizes on, like the three hardest words in the English language are "I need help," and I think that's something that we're also trying to normalize: is that if you need help, say something. Um, I mean, it's hard. Um, you know, I did reach out. I, I emailed my uh, social studies teacher and I said hi I can't do this assignment I have things going on and my guidance counselor met up with me and we started meeting and I really opened up to her and like I kind of got closed down and um wow so this sc- down by her oh like closed down like um like uh, the more I opened up like the more
0: they like helped me and like um, okay so the school had in s- some checks and balances that
4: no they had the school um that worked you know they use this thing um there's uh, something I was unaware of before, um, calling it. it. There's a lot of like hotlines for, um, things like this for mental health. And there was one called two one one and two one one is basically where you call them. And I think it deals with many different issues. And it was called for me and it was, um, someone came to our school, came to my school. It was like a counselor and, um, you know, like it, it's like there's like the suicide hotline, which people can call like when they're feeling low. But two in one, like it sends out a physical person to your house or wherever you are and you fill out a form and you like set up a plan. So that's exactly what I did. They came to my school. My parents came. Um, we discussed and like they set up a plan going forth, which was basically like, you know, I'm not going to do like. I'm not going to harm myself in the next 48 hours or I'm not going to, like, and, like, it's all about, like, it's very emphasized on you need to, you know, like, they can't help you without you helping yourself. You know, if you feel like you're going to get to a really low place or, or do something or harm yourself,
0: you need to reach out to help. And um do they give you enough, did you feel like you had enough outlets to reach out to at that place? Because sometimes you like, it's hard to know where to go, right? Is it, like like you felt like through that system between them bringing in your parents, being having a therapist, between having a teacher, did you feel like you had enough places where you could raise your hand? Like,
4: yes, but it also felt very overwhelming um, to me because um, like over time with the constant like therapy and stuff or like stuff like that, it was like a lot. And it was a lot like, I just want to like go back to being normal again. But I definitely think um, at least DHS this new year and this year on our IDs, they actually put the hotline Oh, the for the the suicide hotline. So I think they are trying to make it like more options. Um, but I did feel like there was places I could go. Just like some of the time, um, you know, you don't always want to, you don't always want to reach out. You know,
0: well, that's gonna say like you went to the beginning about terrorism, about being like the embarrassment of like admitting this is a, a kid, is a kid, like part of this, this this the stigma that comes with it. Like, isn't, if you're getting part of the school system and it's obvious you're going to go through seeing a counselor, like, is there another side that you're embarrassed that other kids are seeing now that you need help? Is that, yeah. Is there a side? I don't mean to put, again, words in your mouth, but like you had said, there's a stigma. Like, so people are afraid to speak up.
4: Yeah. And it's even worse when, like, you, when someone knows what you're going through and they, they yet um, say anything. And then it's like betrayal, like, or, they, or they're not by your side or they're making things worse. And you're like, you know how I feel and you're not helping me. And there's stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where, Because where, at least in the middle school, it was it was pretty visual. Um, they were pulling me out of class and I was going to the guidance counselor a lot. You know, I was missing lunch, um, you know, like eating in the bathroom and like eating in the guidance counselor.
0: Right, did that help? Did that help overall? Like it might have helped you in that moment. Speaking, but did it like hurt you? Why were you eating in the bathroom?
1: Because I didn't couldn't eat with my friends at lunch. That's unbelievable. I mean, so I'm just imagining, right? Like you've got people let's say let's say that everyone is aware which is not the case for everybody right your parents are aware and your counselor is aware and you're signing a pact not to hurt yourself for 48 hours it's still it feels very much like the analogy to me would be like the ventilator that is keeping you alive right like they're kind of there's enough structure in place that you'll get through today and you'll get through tomorrow but what where about did the you turn like the- where what changed your outlook to like i i don't it's not that people are preventing me from dying it's what i want to live like yeah. what what helped you get there um, you know, it, it's definitely
4: been a long journey for me, and um, what we were saying, like the I need help stuff, um, it, it is like you know the support, like the outer part, but it's also all in, internal, mm-hmm. like your thoughts, like I mean, suicide and mental health issues would be all I would ever think about, and um, you know, I started. It's hard because, it's really hard because I really didn't feel like there was a way out because, you know, you, you lack motivation. You lack um, wanting to live every day. So, like... Do you want to live now? Yes. Yes, I want to live. And I think that, like, things like, like, in the spring, I started playing softball again and that, like, brought me back to my sixth grade self and that made me happy. Great. And so, it was like, okay, now I can't, I have to lift my softball teammates. You know, I can't, I can't just... I can't just die. And then well, who are they going to have play on their team? So it like little <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, mean to laugh. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I think having gratitude is important. Um, appreciation. Um, because there's a lot you can complain about. And I mean, with me, like having ev- like, every day was just getting worse. And um, I was fighting for me to get better. And when things are like happening to you and things are pushing you down and you're trying to get up, um, there's a lot you can complain about and um and and be sad about. But but you don't wanna just like you, you wanna have some sort of appreciation on little things. Like if someone said hi to me in the hallway, I'd be so appreciative and I'd be like, that I'm gonna make that that one of the reasons why this is the best day of my week. You know, like things like that can really keep you going. And um what I said to one of my therapists was um was like <laughs> sorry, that's my therapist <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um is uh, at least what, what our town was going through was um, a lot of it was, um, a lot of the options that I was seeing was was uh, suicide. So I said like, I've heard a lot of like, um, I need to hear more success stories. Like I need to hear people that have survived. I'm hearing a lot of people that didn't make it out and I want to hear of people that did survive. <laughs> and like that was where I, I really needed some of that um, because all the stories I was hearing were about people who, who couldn't take it anymore. Right. And I, I really felt like I couldn't take it anymore. I felt like, I was on the brink and my mind, the place it was at was how I felt that maybe these kids were at right before they did it. Like I felt like I was okay. I was there.
0: Is that why you're, you're here now? Is like are you trying to like, are, is your speaking out part of the story like to to give others that, oh, yeah. I that mean, success story? I mean I've these always kids-
4: tried to speak out about things and help others um, but speaking out is also definitely a call for help. I mean not for me personally right now but like if someone's also trying to help out um, then they probably need help, I, I think just checking in on everyone is important. At least in this town, because its studies show that um, deaths like that do take effect on every person. And especially people with um, previous like ideals of that. It it it
0: increases the rate. And so. um. So let's, let's talk about your parents and parent role in this. Like mm-hmm. did your parents, I know your parents, mm-hmm. they're involved, they love you more than anything. Um, did they have any sense like that you were depressed? And if they did, did they know that it was this, to this extent it was? And if not, so,
4: so no. So I think that that was also something that was um, causing me issues. Cause in my own home, um, you know, I, I'd, I've had, I've had family issues my entire life and friends was always something I could kind of run away to in school. And um, when I was having issues with friends and with family, there's really no place I felt like I belonged,
1: yeah. Are you willing to like generalize some of those issues just to put it in context for other people? Um, you don't have to.
4: Sure, sure, I mean, my parents have been divorced my entire life, so I've had issues with that. And then um, you know, my brothers had a tough time throughout high school, so my sister and I had to watch that from a young age, so I had to sort of grow up a lot faster. And we've had um, multiple money issues in my family. And um, so like things like that, and then um, throughout the fall, I would get into fights with my mom, and there was a period of time where I didn't talk to her for about like eight months. Wow. And I would just kinda like keep my head down in my house and then like wait to go to school. And then school, like eating in the bathroom, I just, it, it, there was no place I felt like I belonged. And um, you know, what I realized is that your parents will get you like anyone else. I mean, I've, I've never really um, shared what goes on in my personal life with my parents besides this past year. Um, but I'm so grateful I did because with my mom, you know, we realized we were more alike than different. And um, the first thing I said to reach out to my mom for help was um, after I had been like, you know, had it pretty rough and I was doing some bad things to myself, I texted her, I said, is it possible to get tested for depression? Um, because I think there's also an internal conflict of like, am I okay or am I not okay? Is this normal? Because mm-hmm. I think for a while kids think it's normal.
1: What were you doing to yourself? If you don't, if you're willing to say. You know, like self-harm stuff is
4: um, is definitely like something that happens. So I, I was cutting myself. Um, you know, cutting yourself, that can be used in like many different ways of uh, like like people can do it to, to feel something, people can do it to express their pain. One of my therapists said um, it was a way to put your mental pain into physical pain because you assume it hurts less um, and you understand it better. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, but when I, when I did something like that, that was the first time I ever cut myself. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. Like that was a confirmation for me where it's like, this is not only in my head, now this is, this is real. And what made you do it the first time? You know, it was, it was pretty impulsive. Um, it, it came to a point where, because everyone in my life was like beating down on me, um, I couldn't just be mad at other people, so I had to be mad at myself. Like there was clearly something wrong with me, something I was doing wrong. So I hated myself. And um cutting myself was a way to hurt myself. And that was a way I was they did it and how I um like it was like confirmation that I wasn't okay and that that's why I did it. And um, you know, I i there's actually a lot of kids who have gone through the same exact thing. And um a lot of kids say that they do it um and keep it secret. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Sorry. It's hard to hear. I know. Um, it's hard to hear you. I mean, you're beautiful. You're kind. You're empathetic. It's hard to hear you say you hate yourself. That scares me for, for the kids out there. <laughs> I think that's the, that's, that's the most important
4: part for the getting better process is learning to love yourself. I've never like heard those words through and throughout, but the only thing in your life that is permanent is yourself. And that, that's just a fact and you can be the like worst person ever. And, but like, you're not going to be able to live with yourself if you don't like yourself. And so like, sometimes you got to accept that the bad things you do it's is, is okay. And it's a mistake and you can focus on the future and what you can do to be better. And being best friends with yourself is how I got through the summer. I mean, I was at home all day long. All my friends hang hung out every day without me. And, um, you know, I had to say, I had to stay strong and, um, I can't just be miserable all the time. Like I can't waste my time being sad. So you know, I put on some music. How did you walk. learn to love yourself? Um, you know, go go back to things you liked as a kid. I I would say um, you know, with your family too. Like um, I'm best friends with my brother, and my brother and I are like so conversations with him. But like things you liked as a kid. Um, you know, uh, I've always liked music. You know, I like writing. I like um. You know, softball. Like softball was something I did before I even met my friend group. Yeah. So, um, like something like that. Um, you know, I like, I like cre- I'm very creative. So, like doing things like that um, makes you happy. Like things, like your purpose here. You know, um, being yourself is always gonna win over being trying to be someone else. It's always gonna win, even in a town like this where it's like being yourself. Even if you're a complete weirdo, it's it's gonna win in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um. And my brother, um, I don't know if he's comfortable with me sharing his story, but he, you know, he had a tough time in high school too. And, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's been through a lot and like he's, he'll say like the best thing he's ever learned is being best friends with himself because I mean, you'll never get bored. Um, (laughs) But that, but that's like, that's like what my therapist told me. Like, um, you know, when you're at a time where you feel like you want to harm yourself or you're feeling suicidal or you feel like you're crazy. You know, root back to something that makes you happy, whether it's like a comfort movie, um, music. Music has always been a carry for me. Um, if you want to just go on a walk, like human things, like you gotta learn that there's other things in life and also understanding the importance that, that this isn't your whole world. Because this was, this, Darian's been my whole world my whole life, like I've said. Um, but y- you gotta realize that you're your,
1: you're your world. whatever, wherever I go is my world. And back to that caricature of, you know, like what do we call it? Like the popular kid or whatever Mm -hmm. that that's not like trying to become something you aren't Mm -hmm. is usually a recipe for failure, right? Like learning to look at who you really are and and embracing that about yourself. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that was the tipping point for you to start getting healthy again. And it's,
4: it's not easy. Trust me, it's, it's, it is not easy, right you know? And um, when trying to be myself, I I still face bullying. Like I've also been bullied this year, you know, Um, still people, even though, I'm sharing how I'm feeling, I'm trying to like relate to people, people are still making it harder. And um, you know, uh, you, you, I, I guess it's, it's just hard, you know, you gotta learn it is what it is, but I feel like everyone's gonna go through it at some point. And um, even if it's a less intense version or something, you know, you you have to be prepared for it. And I've, I'm have i one of those kids that have always been prepared for it, you know, I've um, I've been through a lot, but I've always stayed strong. And I, I really, I broke. Like this was this was my year of brokenness. I've never been this low in my entire life. Wow. And I'm I'm, here, I'm telling you, it's still possible as of right now, I'm still here. You know, things can still happen, but it, it is possible. And um, you know, things like, like leaving Darien, you know, I went to Nantucket this summer. Like that was good for me because I, I have people there that um, I've known my whole life that we go every year with. Like seeing people like that who like, don't have a care in the world what I did to like I don't know Becky last Friday, but they've they've seen me grow up since I was age one and love me unconditionally. You know what I mean? Becky's a made-up name. Right? Yeah, Becky's, made yeah. Up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Becky's <laughs> not a real person. Yeah, I, really sure. I don't know Becky. Right, right,
0: right. But like you got out of your bubble though, mm-hmm. right? And that was good perspective.
4: That, that is important. Perspective is is also one of the most, most important things because everyone will have a place, you know, that you're not alone. If you feel misfit, I mean, when people look at me, they don't think that I have, I have issues. They think, um, you know, I've, I've got it set for me. You know, I kind of sort of fit a a standard and, um, you know, I feel like a misfit. I feel like pressure a lot. I feel I have issues. I have stuff going on. Um, but like, I'm sure like everyone feels that way. And I, I think that also needs to be normalized that it's like, I've never, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even the most perfect person is still feeling a bit odd. And well, there's so, a place for everyone.
0: So that's, like, I think what parents are worried about is, like, that, that you look at someone, they look totally fine on the outside. And they're not. I think parents are, like, I could worry, or I would, my takeaway from the last year is, like, what what am I missing? Yeah, like, cause I look at you and I think, okay, I'm clearly missing something that you're struggling. So without you telling me, yeah, I wouldn't know. So how? That's why it is so hard. What? So what do we do? This is. I know. Just keep checking in every day. Like, are you, you gonna know, give us a different dan- an answer one day?
4: Mental health will come off um, physically. You know, like if someone is looking more tired, there is symptoms. You know, um, different eating habits. Yeah, you know, sleeping more or not sleeping at all. Like it's 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 a bit noticeable. Um, I mean, that's like what I've picked up on. But I mean, I always thought that was normal. Like my, the bare minimum of like what depression is, is like what I've had for the past three years. I just didn't realize.
1: Um, right, because that's normal to you. It was normal.
4: Yeah, it was normal. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it's also okay to not be okay. But I, I agree with you saying, it, it's it's really hard to know. Um, and like, that's where I like, I don't even know what to say. Or like when I would be sitting in my guidance concert, she'd be like, Like, what, like, like, she doesn't even know how to help me because I could go home and, and, and end my life. And she just, she's trying to give me all the help in the world, but like, can't, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's awful. So, I mean, I think you're very smart and brave to say, you know, like no one can really put, you know, the stake in the ground and say, I've won, this battle is over. Everything's good now. I'm fine. I'm healthy that it it still can come back. Right. Even if you Mm -hmm. feel great today, you know, might not be the same way tomorrow. What, tools do you have in your toolkit now what do you what's your game plan when you start to feel bad again um you know
4: i guess like assessing the situation to start um like if you're in a place or situation where you you feel bad you have to assess and like you have to be like okay why like why am i feeling like this here like you've said this to me before um about social media you told me that when you go on social media like you feel like this wave of depression or of wave this depressing wave come over you yeah. and then you what you do is you close out of the app i think things like that where you know i look at my friends and they were like the most important things to me in the world and like i put them up to such a high standard and i was vulnerable to them but over time i know i didn't see them as like these people i love i just saw them as people in my day to day life like i took the importance out of them in order for me to not hurt anymore which um, which stinks but like in a situation where if i'm with them and i'm not doing well i can't like like be like okay but i love them and i want to keep going with it. i have to i have to put myself first i have to put myself first and i have to say it's the peop- if if these are the people that are making me feel worse i need to find new people i need to and it's okay it's also okay to not have friends like you want to have friends, you want to have some people supporting your life, but you don't need to have a set friend group. It doesn't need to be perfect. Um, Only
1: if they add positive things to your life, right? Yeah.
4: I think, um, the. I mean, the main purpose of a friend is to bring you up, not down. And people forget that. And I mean, I, there's definitely people that stay in friend groups just to be in the friend group. I mean, there's people now I know, know do this and then I've struggled with this. And there's people that have like been through things like me, like self-harm and stuff. And um, just just stayed with the friend group and never said anything. And like, they don't even know.
0: My dad always said, when we were growing up, he's like, your friend should make you better. Mm-hmm. That was always his line with us. And if we had brought home friends that weren't, he'd be like, your friend should make you better. And he made us always think that. And, um, <laughs> one of my best friends in the world was like this wild child. Yeah. I love it. She, she was so fun and like, wow. And, 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 um, I, I questioned him like, are you upset that I'm friends with her? Is she not making me better because I want to go out and have fun with her? He's like, no, they're, she, she is making you better because she makes you laugh and you have fun with her. Like making you better doesn't mean like that friend is out there studying till, you know, four in the morning with you or that friend is next to you on the athlete field because yeah. they're equal. At, like, they can make you better in all different ways. Like whatever they bring to that equation. A good friend could just bring you
4: perspective.
0: Yeah. You know? Right, 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 right.
4: But I mean, like I think friends and just, just people, people naturally in, in life need other people. Companionship is, is, is real and important. Um, Like, I mean, I I also think in this Darien bubble, like you need friends here. Um, Otherwise it is really, really hard. Um, And like, yeah, what what you were saying, but then it's also like when people are choosing, like if I'm being a very good friend and I I personally believe I'm a good friend and um, my best friend is choosing someone else over me that they think is a better friend and they think I'm a bad friend, I'm like, I think that hurts because, um, you know, this is like a situation that's happened to me they're choosing someone who's hurting me and it's like like I feel like I'm doing the best I can and I'm being a good person and I'm working so hard to be a good friend and yet they're not picking me they're not choosing me um and that's also something I feel like people struggle with and I've definitely seen that is where
1: people pick the bad people you have a very uncommon um you know wisdom for your age like (laughs) I, I I'm blown away Honestly, thank you. I am
0: too, except yeah. it leaves you alone without friends half the time. So well, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a
1: hard youth, I think, but you'll be ultimately, you'll have wonderful friends throughout your life. And it might be that you pick up one or two in, in high school and, you know, more when you get older, when people start to like catch up to you, Yeah. <laughs> honestly, um, and you'll be, I hope you look back and are very proud of the young lady you are because, I mean, you're, you're exceptional.
4: Thank you. I also yeah. strongly believe like if you stick to your core, people will, will come back to you, you know? True. Cause like they're, even if they're, if they're losing yourself, you know, they're, um, like th- th- they're, they're losing themselves. Like maybe at that point, like at one point I was losing myself in it, but that I got out of it and the, they, they might be in that place now, but eventually like we'll all get out of it at some point, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's very sad, honestly. Like we're all just kids. I wish that it, it wasn't like this. But.
1: Having the patience to be there for them when they come back is, is also a very, yeah, mature thing, that's and the understanding that you have shown. It's incredible. But,
0: uh by the way, one last question. If like you're if there's a question your parents could ask you that's not going to trigger you but if they see you're hurting, w- what do you want your parents to do? like are you okay? Like so, some things might annoy you, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you're still a teenager and your mom being like, "Are mm-hmm. you okay? Do you want some soup?" It might be annoying. Yeah. So what do you want what do you what's one thing your your parents can always do?
4: You know, showing interest in your kids' life I think is important. Um you know, like w- when my parents didn't know things about me like my mom constantly be on me to like keep my room clean to like, like where are your friends, like no friends, like do your work, homework. Like I definitely think school is like important. You know, getting to know your kids is really important. You know, uh, there's a difference between loving your kid and liking your kid. And you really want to like your kid to build a good relationship with them. And if a kid knows they can fall back onto their mom and go to their mom or dad, um, you know, they, they'll they never be alone. And I, I, I do think that is the most important thing. So a, a thing a parent can say is like, you know like let's talk about their de- our day and if the kids not opening up to it, maybe they can talk about their day and over time if they're talking about their day I feel like eventually the kid will share about their day and um you know just always being there for them just like you don't want to always be like are you okay are you okay but um
0: just being interested in them
4: yeah being being interested in showing that you like your kid if you if you show disinterest in your kid and you don't like your kid as a person that kid isn't going to like themselves if not even their parent likes them as a person that it
0: it, it comes across that way, your parent is everything yeah okay
4: it's who that's your biggest that's your biggest mentor that's who you want to be when you grow up when you come into this life i look at my mom and say that's who i want to be when i grow up and and when you disappoint your kid or if you don't like your kid um you know it 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 ruins it ruins lives i've seen it happen
0: okay that's good to know it's helpful I mean, powerful stuff. You're giving us stuff to think about here as, as, as mommies. Teaching <laughs> us Like yeah. twice as long, but it's all been right.
1: fascinating. I'm, thank you for spending the time with us. Yeah, I
0: know we got We like got to we let you run Sharing along all together. of this. You were so brave to share your story. <laughs> thank we, you. we, I mean, we can't, we, you, you really are an old soul. And I love the takeaways. Um, my big one is like loving yourself mm-hmm. and uh, having support groups, whatever shape, form those look like, you know, from like therapies to just like your own ones you create, social ones, or even ones in your family. Because that's external
4: and internal you know loving yourself and then like support groups you know what I mean yeah having having
0: both sides okay I like that thanks for coming on yeah thank you thank thank you for having me
1: absolutely take care